Hey, Remar Nurses, it's Winning Wednesday and you are live for the study session. Guess what we're talking about today? We are talking about, bam, amputations. And so if you have your Quick Facts book, it's in Quick Facts, let me check the page. Um, a great section, honestly. If you haven't studied amputation, somebody put the page in for me. It's on page six in my Quick Facts book. And I'm going to give you the major points for your NCLEX examination. And per usual, you guys know how we have been studying with my clipboard. And so before I just start spilling off all the top NCLEX points, I want you to critically think about your nursing responsibilities and your nursing priorities. You're gonna have a clipboard on the job anyways. You might as well get into the habit of it. Okay, so are we ready, everybody? Good evening, good night, wherever you are. It's amputation time for NCLEX. So let's just get, uh, get, get the comments on the screen. Now, amputation. We know if a patient comes in, they can have an amputation of any of their limbs. Any limb can be amputated, but for NCLEX, which one are we gonna be expecting more of? Is it going to be the arm or the leg? Which, which amputation limb are we going to see more of on the NCLEX, the arm or the leg? Put it in the comments, Where, what do you think it is? All right, definitely, definitely. We are going to be thinking of that leg amputation, right? So uh, you guys know, we're gonna just put leg, all right? That's what we're gonna focus on, even though any limb can be amputated. So there are two types of leg amputations that you need to know, and they're around a joint. So what are the two leg amputations that you need to focus on? Not everything. Not everything, but there are two, the main two that you need to know. Somebody says AKA and BKA. All right. So we have there the two. We're going to have AKA. All right. And then also we're going to have a BKA. And so if you are new to nursing or you're a nursing enthusiast and you're learning our language, you gotta know the language in order to hang around these parts, okay? So this is above the knee amputation and below the knee amputation for sure. Okay, now what are some reasons why a patient would get an amputation, okay? A patient would get an amputation. And I have here two specific reasons that I want you to focus on. Give me a hot reason and a cold reason, okay? Anybody know a hot reason, meaning the issue involves heat. The issue involves heat. Because usually you don't get an amputation unless that tissue is dead or dying. Dead or dying. So reasons, okay, I'll put these other ones that I see, but I'm asking you guys for a hot or a cold reason. But anyways, I see here some reasons are DM, okay, DM, that's diabetes mellitus. That's a reason. And that is because of the um, it, it decreased circulation, right? Definitely. So if you have some sort of infection, yes, infection will do it because that's going to cause the tissue to necrose if it's not um, if it's not healing well. What else do we have? What's my hot reason? What's my cold reason? Ah, I see it. 
Tane, Tane got my code reason. Did you guys see her comment? My code reason is this, okay? Always be thinking about this if you have a patient coming in and they have been out in the cold. Can you read my sloppy handwriting? Mm-hmm. Robert Hughes in the house, I see you, right? So that's my hot, that's my cold reason why you might have to get a limb amputated. We also have diabetes mellitus infection. What's my hot reason? Ah, what is it? My hot reason is burns. Yes. Okay. So if a patient gets a burn, if a patient gets a burn, that burn, whether it's chemical, electrical, what fire, it can literally destroy, incinerate, burn to a crisp the tissues where they're not able to heal. They're not able to heal. And so that limb will have to be, um, that, that limb will have to be amputated. And also this, sometimes you guys, you have to understand that sometimes it's not really the tissue. That's the issue, right? Sometimes you could have healthy tissue, but if you have a cancer of the bone, you know, if you have tumors in your bone, or if your bone is not healthy, then you may have to amputate the limb because of the bone, all right? So we have to think that this is, even though it's a simple procedure, right? This is not a disease, this is a procedure. And so we typically see this in our med surge rotation. There are a lot of things that go into having a limb amputated. Does Is there anybody in here who knows somebody that has a limb that is um, amputated? Okay. Have you ever taken care of a patient that's amputated? So here we go. We talked about the two types of amputations above the knee, below the knee. What guys, which one do you think is best for walking? Because usually when we are amputating a limb, we are concerned about how much we're going to amputate. How much are we going to amputate? So we know that patients, if we're talking about leg amputations, they have prosthesis, they can have, you know, assisted devices. So if we talk about which one is best for walking, is it going to be above the knee or below the knee? Mm, great job. I see those comments on the screen. So best for walking is definitely the BKA, okay? Because below the knee, that means we're going to have more length. All right, if we amputate as low as we possibly can, that's going to give the patient more of a stable base for walking, which is great. Now, think about this. Which one is going to have less complications? Is it still going to be below the knee or should we change it to above the knee? And I'm talking about less complications with infection, less complications with um, you know, in, like anything, um, neuromas, any kind of complications. It's just less of them. Is that going to be below the knee or above the knee? Which one do you think? Great job. You guys are on fire today. You guys know amputation. That is going to be above the knee amputation. Yes. So this patient is actually going to be more stable. Because, listen to this, we've cut off 
more of the limb, which you would be thinking is like, man, that's worse. But actually, no, you have less complications. You have less complications. All right. And so when we talk about above the above the knee amputation, below the knee amputation, once we cut off a part of a limb, what is the major risk for taking care of this patient? What is going to be a huge risk that this patient now has because their limb has been surgically amputated? What are some things that we are talking about? This topic is definitely in my program. You can find it in Quick Facts or NCLEX. All right, this is my plug for Quick Facts. If you don't have it, you're missing out on good stuff like this. All right, what do you guys have? Ah, so you have, okay, so our risks. Yes. Oh, I like this one. So we definitely have a risk for infection. We had that earlier. We also have a, a risk for, yes, we have a risk for phantom limb pain. Phantom limb pain is, is a risk, but it's not something that we are being, you know, you can't really be proactive in it in a source of like infection. So infection we can be. What else? Okay. Uh, bed source. So skin breakdown. Yep. There's another one that I'm missing that I don't see that is even more important. What's up with it? Uh, depression. That's good. Risk for depression. Risk for depression. That's big. I wasn't even thinking about that one. But yeah, when you lose a limb, I'm going to stick that over there. Constipation. Um, yes, in a way, because I guess maybe you're not as mobile before as before. Uh, oh, I see it. There we go. Here we go. Um, skin down. Okay, here's this one I was looking for. Did you guys say this one? This patient is going to be a falls risk for so many reasons. And they're going to be a falls lit risk for how long? How long, right? We know infection, infection can set in for a pretty while, you know, pretty long time. It's usually going to be within like what? two days, three days, you can start monitoring for infection. But this person is going to be a falls risk for a long time. Okay. Long time. Now think about this. There are, this somebody said for the rest of their life. Yeah. Does anybody know when you have an amputation, how long are you typically in the hospital for? You know how some conditions you can have a procedure done and then you are discharged the next day? Like, you know, you get a, listen, uh, what is it? If you get a hip replacement, if you get a hip replacement, which is a huge surgical procedure, right? How long are you in the hospital for? Maybe what, what three days maybe, right? Okay. Um, amputation you're going to be in the hospital. The average is five days to two weeks. Isn't that a long time, right? So these patients are on your NCLEX exam because they are getting care inpatiently. They are gonna get care from a nurse for quite a while. And then even when they go home, they're still going to continue to receive care from a nurse. So this is definitely something um, this is definitely something that we need to study. Put that on our list. Shout out to Ashley with an I. I like that. I passed my NCLEX on September 7th. Thank you so much, Nurse Remar. I used V2 and Quick Facts. You are the best. And you know what I love is that Ashley knew where to find us. On a Wednesday night, she knows every Wednesday, almost 800 people are studying right now. How amazing is that? All right. Patient says, it depends on... Um, 
no complications, but five to seven days. Yes. Okay. So they're going to be in for a long time. In, in my opinion, I think that's a long time. We're going to give them some medications. There is one medication that I wanted you guys to critically think that is a cardiac medication. Why would we give somebody who has a limb amputated a beta blocker? Critically think now, you know what beta blockers are for. This is a heart medication. This is a heart medication. Why are we giving this? Okay. It's study time. It is study time. I got nurses from all over the world. Rep your state. Let me know where what state you're in, why you contemplate this. Oh my goodness. You guys are so amazing. You're so knowledgeable tonight. You're making this easy for me. This beta blocker, what this beta blocker does, <laughs> prevents that, um, helps with blood. Yes. So this beta blocker, you know, what it is going to do is it is going to allow the heart to pump more effectively. It's going to allow those contractions to be more effective. And that is going to improve the blood flow to the limb that has been amputated. So if, the, if that limb had problems with circulation before and you chopped off the bad parts of the leg, guess what's still there? There's still going to be tissue there because we have to keep some of the skin in order to cover up the stump, right? Um, you're still going to have arteries. You're still going to have veins that are going to be going to that area. So if we put the patient on a beta blocker, that is a cardiac medication that will help improve the blood flow. See how that works? And this is by studying content, all right? And this is something that I... Make sure that we do every Monday and every Wednesday. So don't miss this, okay? Follow me, never lose me. We're talking about amputations today. What a great review, guys. And so let's get into it. California in the house, Sierra Leone, I see you, okay? This is all part of what it takes to prepare for the NCLEX exam, Michigan. All right, so amputation. Now we talked about surgical amputation, but nobody said, hey, what about a traumatic amputation? Isn't it possible that a patient can lose a limb on accident, totally on accident? We see it in motor vehicle accidents. We see it in, um, uh, what is that? Motorcycle accidents all the time. So there's two types of amputations that you could be caring for on your NCLEX exam. In a disaster situation, a patient could have a limb amputated and then also surgically planned as well. So the effects of it, the effects of a patient having an amputated limb run deep. So the physical effects is that the balance will be off. What are some things that we're going to have to teach a patient with the amputation how to use? If, and you can look at one now, um, what are they going to be dependent on if it is a lower limb amputation for the rest of their life? They're going to be dependent on what? Because they're going to have balance issues. They're going to have gait issues. Gait means how they walk. They're going to have pain and they're going to be, it's going to be incapacitating, okay? Meaning it sits you down. It stops you. Yes, we're going to have to teach them how to use crutches. What are you guys saying? Walkers, a wheelchair, a cane. So are those things that you should be studying and being prepared to study? Yes. 
okay? Prosthetic devices. And prosthetic devices, how expensive are those? Some people can't get prosthetics right away, so they will be wheelchair bound. They will be wheelchair bound, okay? All right, you guys are on fire tonight and I'm loving it. Psychological effects. I see that uh, Robert has said depression. So when you lose a limb, guess what? There is a social stigma that goes along, okay? It becomes difficult to for you to get to places that you normally may go into. Imagine, imagine this. How many people love to go to the movie theater? How many people love to go to the movie theater? I went to the movie theater this week and you know what I had to walk up to to get to my seat in the movie theater. I had to walk up a lot of steps, right? And so just little things like that, you're always looking for, um, is this place handicap accessible, right? Is this place somewhere that uh, a person with a loss of a limb or low mobility will be able to enjoy, will be able to enjoy I have a lot of people here. Self-esteem, the comments are amazing tonight. Yes, a change in body image. You got so many things what that, that happens to a person who has an amputation. And so for nurses, the complications that we must be aware of are hemorrhaging. What does hemorrhaging mean? It means the patient has the probability of bleeding out. Because if you're cutting off an entire leg, you have to cut through what, the arteries, you know those bleed. If you slice an artery, that blood is going everywhere. It's just, it's going everywhere. You gotta cut through veins, you gotta cut through the bone, you gotta cut through the tissue. So this is not a light bedside procedure, okay? A patient that's getting an amputation is gonna be under what kind of anesthesia? What kind of anesthesia is going to allow a surgical doctor to perform this, right? General anesthesia, definitely. What's another anesthesia? I see people saying general, total. What's another anesthesia that you should be familiar with? We see this other one more during pregnancy. What is it? Because general, they put it over your face and then you, you go out. Not local, that's not the one I'm looking for. Loco is not the other one for this procedure. Ah, Muhammad, you got it. Spinal, a spinal epidural, okay? Because the spinal block is going to cut off all of that pain signal to the legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a loco is probably not going to do it for this patient. We're thinking general anesthesia or spinal, okay? Good job. Now we have also... Phantom limb pain, somebody talked about phantom limb pain. We know that is a complication where even though that limb is gone, the patient will still say, oh, my foot, I feel, I feel it. I feel my foot is aching, it's hurting. And the foot is gone, but it is a phantom limb pain. You know what? I also see this on NCLEX. The patient might not complain of pain, but they may say that their foot, what? And maybe it doesn't hurt, but it does what to them? Does anybody know? They're not complaining of pain. They are complaining that the foot, what, anybody know? I'm so glad you're learning. Aileen says, I'm learning a lot here. Yeah, we do study. Good job, Derek. They say it tingles, it itches. 
They'll even say it itches. Yes. Sometimes they will say, my foot feels like it's floating. Okay. And the foot is totally gone, but they say my foot feels like it's floating or my foot is itching really bad and they'll be scratching and they'll say the foot is itching and you look down and you see no foot. You see nothing there. Okay. So there's a lot of psychiatric complications that you have to be aware of. You have to be aware of when you're treating these patients. It's not a simple subject. Flexion, contractures, we know the position of our patient is very important after you lose a limb. Depending on what type of amputation they have, you cannot elevate that stump on a pillow. You should not do that. And then the psychological maladjustments. So maintaining good circulation because usually you don't amputate a limb unless it's dead or in the process of dying. So circulation is key. We want to check for bleeding. If there is spontaneous bleeding, that is an issue for us. Poor circulation. If, the, uh, if, the, if it is blue, we know cyanosis is blue. If that limb is cold or if the capillary refill is greater than three seconds, if it takes three seconds or more for that limb to get pink, it's bad. Edema. Now, we expect some edema after a surgical procedure. We expect some swelling to come to that location, but it should not be to the point where you have pitting or it's excessive. Ulcerations, we talked about that. Pressure ulcers can, um, you know, can develop. Also, they will have delayed wound healing if that information is not, um, I'm sorry, if that circulation is not appropriate. And of course, necrosis, necrosis, mm, terrible signs of poor tissue perfusion. And so how do we check this? We check with a Doppler ultrasound. Love the Doppler ultrasound. Shout out to nurse Paulette. Future nurse Paulette says, thank you, Professor Regina. This is for you guys who are in nursing school. I took my maternity slash pediatric finals today. And with what was taught in class and watching your video, I was able to pass my HESI with the highest score. Hey, that's what we're talking about, guys. This information is good for the entire span of your nursing career. Content over questions, always, guys. Content over questions. Tap in, tap in. Now, so maintaining poor, uh, good circulation is our goal, okay? So let's talk about the positioning very quickly. Above the knee amputation, what are we worried about? We're worried about preventing internal and external rotation of the limb. So what we use is a sandbag or a roll towel along the outside of the thigh. It's going to keep it in place. Below the knee amputation, during the first 24 hours, we want to support the, the stump with pillows, but not elevate it to prevent flexion, contractures, and edema. So if you have your Quick Facts book in here, on what page did I say? It was like page six or seven. Remember for below the knee amputation, what you might even see is they say elevate the foot of the bed, okay? Elevate the foot of the bed so that you're not flexing that hip too much, okay? But this is in here too, as well as the notes that you have. 
wrapping the residual limb, instead of calling it a stump, the residual limb is more politically correct. So let's just get in the habit of saying residual limb. Can we do that? So we want to wrap the residual limb in a figure eight position, and that is going to reduce the swelling and the edema. Now, we know that as nurses, we don't touch that limb at all. We don't do anything with the dressing when it is a fresh surgical. Nope, we don't do it. Who's the first person to change that dressing? If you know it, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. Who's the first person allowed to change that dressing? It is not an RN. It is not a PN. It is not a general doctor. Who is it? You got it. It is not a general doctor. It is the surgeon who did the procedure. That's who changes it. The surgeon is the first person to change an amputated wound. And it doesn't matter. Listen, if you look at that residual limb, AKA slump, stump, and you look at it and it is blood, it is just bleeding out, right? The, the dressing is covered in blood. What's the nurse supposed to do? What are we supposed to do for that situation? Tell me, what, what, what would you do? Don't second guess yourself. Don't do that. We, talk, we talked about that this week. You have a fresh surgical wound, and it could be anywhere, really. You can have it in the abdomen, all right? You can have a gunshot wound to the arm, and it's dressed, right? And you come in, you pull back the covers. There's blood everywhere. Everything is bloody, all right? What are you supposed to do? You better call the doctor. Yes, you want to call the doctor, but what, what else can you do before you do that? You definitely call the doctor, call the surgeon. Uh, I thought I saw it. Oh, yes, here it is. You can reinforce the dressing, meaning you can take another dressing, put it over that one, put some tape on it, put your name, date on it, and then go call the doctor. And all you're doing is just allowing the blood to come in contact with another dressing, but you're not taking it off. You're not pulling it back. Let me see what's going on. A new nurse did that when I was working with her and she did that. She took off of a, she took off a surgical dressing and put another one on, you know, and, and felt really good about it, you know, patted herself on the back and said, I, you know, I did a good job. Man, that was a huge incident report, huge incident report, because that is not our position. So you literally are assuming the position of a surgeon when you do things like that. So you have to be very, very careful, guys, because we're working too hard for our license to lose it over something like that. So when we talk about infection being one of the complications, we want to keep good circulation. We want to prevent infection. And so what was happening is we need to administer prophylactic antibiotics. And that, is, that just means antibiotics that we give before an infection happens, okay? Know your role. Hey, we got a thousand nurses. We made it to a thousand nurses, guys. Yes, on a Wednesday night, a random Wednesday night, winning Wednesday, we got a thousand people showed up. Let me tell you something. This is the largest NCLEX review on the planet. There is nowhere are you going to find a thousand nurses right now studying anything. And here we are. And our topic for tonight is amputation. Yes, we did it. Smash that like button. Woo. 
Also, again, the initial pressure drainage is removed by a surgeon only. Aseptic wound care is what you're going to be giving regularly. And we are documenting that drainage. Circle it, document it, keep it pushing. All right. I just wanted to talk about this. It is a neuroma. And what it is, is just a tumor that can develop on nerve tissue. And a lot of people get these on their foot. And, um, and so what happens is you commonly, you have a, a, a non-neural nerve tissue after amputation. So it's weird because the nerve will be severed. And now that you have a dressing on that residual limb or residual um, area, the nerves get irritated. And so a tumor develops and it can be painful if it is located within the residual limb or the scar. Do you, does that make sense to you guys? Like this is, uh, this is one on the foot. Sometimes people, you see neuromas in women who wear heeled shoes. If you wear high heeled shoes, you know that heel compresses the toes together or if your shoes are too tight, and so what happens is those nerves get irritated and tumors begin to develop. As a people who wear high heel shoes, when they get older, they have bad feet and they have pain in their feet and they, they begin to get tumors in their feet. Um, and so men and women can get this. But also, if you have a patient and they have a limb that is amputated, OK, this can happen because that residual limb or that stump is going to be wrapped in a compression wrapping. And so that can irritate the nerves that are there. I don't know if bunions are the same thing. Is that a bunion? Is that a bunion? I didn't check that. Fact check me. Is a neuroma and a bunion the same thing? Let me know. <laughs> ah, It's the comments for me tonight. It's the comments for me. Okay. Pain management. We know that pain is going to be a problem for these patients because they had, a, they had something chopped off. And so we need to give pain and, and pain medication. And I didn't want to do the different narcotics or opioids because you guys know that. So I wanted to talk about other ways that we deal with pain that you might not know. So the TENS machine, a transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulator, that is the little patches that you put in an area and you send small amounts of electricity through that. And that can uh, make you feel better, right? Medications, calcitone. Calcitone can help with pain. Beta blockers can help improve blood flow, which can reduce pain. Antidepressants. Antidepressants are going to make you feel calm, but you know, they're also gonna, they have a sedative effect as well. And anti-epileptic drugs, um, what they do is they can also improve circulation. Some people who have issues with, you know, um, their back or their uh, legs, peripheral, you know, neuropathy, they will take uh, medications for seizures to help with the reduction of that, that pain. And then provide reassurance. We always provide reality. If we have a patient that is verbalizing, they feel pain in a limb that is no longer there. It is your responsibility every single time to say, Mr. Jones, you no longer have a foot there. There is no foot gabapentin. Yes, like that, that, like that gabapentin. I think that was the medication I was looking for. 
Um, and so anytime we have a patient with psychosocial issues, what we do is provide reassurance and reality. We say, I'm here to help you, but there is no foot, okay? We don't start trying to massage the foot and you know, that's not there. We don't play into their, um, their concerns. Bam, okay. Another, here's another wonderful testimonial, guys. And I'm pausing for the cause because this is Winning Wednesday. Some of you, you showed up and you didn't know what you were looking for and it was just the motivation to get started. Thank you, Team Remar. I passed my NCLEX 911 on my third attempt. Without God, V2, and Quick Facts, I wouldn't have made it. I would not have made it. Wow, thank you so much for coming here and reporting um, your success. Who's next? Who is next to pass this test? Get their license. Non-pharmacological pain management. And I don't want you guys to get caught up too much in this because this is really just common sense kind of stuff. So for body, physical, non-medicated things that we can do, we can promote comfort. We can do massage. How many people love a good massage? I know I do. Applying heat or applying ice. And I said the 10s. So for mind therapies, relaxation, imagery. Some people like to self-hypnotize, self-hypnosis. Pain diary, writing things down, journaling, okay? How, that, that helps you. Distracting you. <laughs> Spirit directed, prayer, meditation. You guys know how we get down with the prayer around here. Self-reflection and even there might be rituals that they can do. Right now, some of you guys are like prayer. By the grace of God, I'm next. <laughs> and then social interactions. It is so important for people who have experienced something to find like people who are on the same journey. So particularly with amputation patients, it is good for them to meet other people who have amputations, to be in a community. It's just like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or any type of group therapy, those really do help, okay? Pet therapy also helps something about a dog. How many people love dogs? Uh, you send in dogs and they brighten everybody's day, all right? They brighten everybody's day. So pet therapy, family therapy, those are great. Yes, Derek, support groups. That was the term. We talked about this promoting, promoting mobility, promoting mobility, physical therapy. Yes, they have to have it because what has to be incredibly strong when you lose a limb, one limb or two limbs, but let's just say you lose one limb, what now has to get stronger to compensate for that one missing limb? What now has to get stronger? If you lose a leg, what has to replace the strength of that leg? Who knows that? Chelsea says, I passed my NCLEX on 9-11, another 9-11 testimony. This is their fifth attempt. She didn't give up. She didn't give up after the second time. She didn't give up after the third time or the fourth time. And on the fifth time, she says, I'm officially a Remar nurse. I use V2 quick facts and all of the live videos. She said all of them. I use them all. 
Amazing. She's talking about, and listen, Chelsea, send me your testimonial because in the V2 now we have testimonials. And so any discouraging, you know, we got all type of testimonials. So y'all need to get into the V2 because you will see your comrades in there. Did you guys say it? Um, did it, okay, what I said, what, what had to get stronger? Ah, there it is. The upper body. And so if you lose a leg, the arms have to pick up that, that strength that you're now missing. Not the, well, the other leg can do a little bit, but it's going to be your upper body. Okay. I love the comments. Good comments. Good comments. Everybody participating tonight. This is actively engaging in your content. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. Can you guys hear me? Okay. I want to make sure I'm still good. All right. So let's get back into it. Physical therapy for the arms. Yeah. The trapeze bars, range of motion exercises to prevent contractures. Got to have that promoting independence. We still want our patients to be able to have as much of a normal life as possible. And it is possible to have a normal life after this health teaching on assistive devices and prosthesis. And so are our patients, when we're promoting mobility, are our patients who've had an amputation able to have a normal life? Are they able to have a normal life? Absolutely. They absolutely are. My grandfather, he lost his leg in the war. I don't, need, I don't know what war it was, but literally as a child, I did not know he had a prosthetic leg because he looked like he was walking around like everybody else. And so one night I went over his house and he pulled up his leg pants and took off the bottom part of his leg. And I freaked out. I had never seen that before. I only seen like the Terminator. And I was like, oh my goodness, my grandfather is the Terminator. And it was just a prosthetic leg. All right. But my five-year-old imagination took it to the next level. So psychological support, not only for the, listen, for everybody, because there has to be a level of understanding that, that you have that you can still carry on a normal life with the amputation. Okay. And so was it, it might've been the Vietnam war. It might've been. So assess level of acceptance, encourage. Okay. Uh, the, the person, the patient to know another, okay. Another person who has a rehabilitated amputee lifestyle. Okay. Acknowledge clients feeling of depression and coping. Hey, almost 1,100 nurses. Y'all better smash that share button. It was the Korean War. Listen, so my dad is on here. He's watching. And he said, Grandpa, he lost the bottom half of his leg in the Korean War. Thanks, Dad. All right. And so teach client on self-care and preventing complications. And then enjoy, encourage the, the client to join a support group. So that is what we are promoting. And these are just our nursing responsibilities. Here go the questions. They're happening right now. You guys are ready for them. Comments on the screen. Question number one. In caring for clients with a new amputated part, which of the following findings is the priority? Number one, depression. 
Two, immobility. Three, infection or four, disturbed body image. You guys know this, we did the content. So this is not, these are not new critical thinking questions for you guys. These are content-based questions. And I tell you, this is how you pass the test. It's by studying first. It's by just reviewing. I see a lot of threes on the screen. Is three the correct answer? Pow, you got it. Three, infection is one of the common complications of the amputation. Now we're gonna see an infection in about 48 hours, right? Probably gonna see an infection in about two days. So that's when we should be mindful of them. Let's go to the next question. It is this. Following a below the knee amputation, surgery of the right leg. So we got a BKA of the right leg. The nurse prevents edema and should position the client in, what is it? Number one, prone. Two, right lateral. Three, supine with the right leg elevated. Or four, supine with the right leg supported with pillows. What's the best one to do? I got a lot of mixed answers here. A lot of mixed answers. Some ones, some twos, some threes, some fours. I'm not going to hold you. The correct answer is this. It's number four, okay? Supine with the right leg, support it with pillows. Now, during the first 24 hours, we need to support that stump with pillows, but not elevate it to prevent flexion, contractures, and edema. All right, if you got quick facts, make sure you read that part in this book. I am, this is the book right here. A lot of people are saying a lot of content comes from this book, so you should have it. Somebody said, it's in the quick facts book. All right, moving on. Question number three. A client who has undergone the knee amputation, okay, for almost three months now, three months past, they're still reporting residual limb, okay, pain in the residual limb. What's the best response by the nurse? Ooh, number one, reassure the client that this is normal. Two, assess for other causes of pain. Three, Advise the client to continue pain medication as needed. Four, encourage the client to massage the stump. This is it right here. This is the perfect NCLEX question to determine whether you are ready for practice or not. This is the big one right here. <laughs> Oh my goodness, guys. Okay, I'm just gonna show you the answer. Correct answer, did you get this one right? Are you a safe nurse or do you need some more work? Correct answer is number, pow, number two, assess for other causes of pain. Assess for other causes of pain. Listen, stump pain is usually felt over one to two, three weeks period of time. However, the nurse must assess for causes of persistent pain because it could be a sign of what? Some ischemia, a neuroma, infection, all right? Remember, the first part of our, of our responsibility is assessment. That's the first part of the nursing process. So anytime, anytime you get a question like this, 
Okay, don't, because what you do, you just write the patient off, okay? If you pick number one, the patient is saying, three months from now, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. It's, it's hurting me. The leg is hurting. And if you pick on NCLEX, oh, that's normal. You're fine. Reassure the pain. It's normal for you to have pain. It's normal for you to have pain three months later, right? And that patient goes home and says, okay, she said it was normal for me to have pain, right? And they are suffering in silence because the nurse did not follow the nursing process. We have a nursing process in place to deliver excellent care. Woo, you gotta assess number two, number two. That's not normal. That's not normal, okay? And so a lot of people who are good in content, this is where they fail NCLEX. This is where they fail NCLEX, stuff like that. So you guys won't ever do that again, okay? <laughs> Here we go. Number four, in prepping a client with a below the knee amputation for possible prosthetic use, which nursing interventions must be included? Select three that apply. Okay, so let's just take our time with these. We're talking about we are trying to do possible prosthetic use. So which interventions must be Included. Select three. Okay. Number one, use figure eight wrap technique to shrink residual limb. Two, avoid re residual limb reshaping by less manipulation. Three, promote circulation of the residual limb by correct positions. Four, discourage muscle stretching and straining of the residual limb. Five, teach client on daily limb care and hygiene. Oh, these are easier than they look. They are easier because number one, you're gonna get partial credit, okay? So just do your best, number one. But two, they're telling you how many are right. So we have three that are right here. What are the three? That's all I'm asking you, love it. A lot of ones, a lot of threes, and a lot of fives. All right, correct answer. Did you get this one right? One, three, and five. Woo! -woo! <laughs> Some of you guys are four out of four already. Amazing. In preparing clients for prosthetic use, the residual limb must be reshaped and shrink to fit, which can be done by figure eight dressing. The residual limb must be completely healed and strong enough to carry on the prosthesis and the residual limb must maintain proper circulation and muscle strength. Amazing job and shout out to the partial credit. Here's question number five. We staying alive with question number five. The nurse develops a care plan for a client who is about to have an above the knee or leg amputation, okay? To promote psychosocial support, which of the following should be included into the plan of care? Number one, is it going to be allow client to express feelings of bodily transition? Two, allow client to isolate to prevent stigma. Three, advise psychological therapy. 
since the client needs it definitely. Or four, encourage the client to cope up quickly as possible. Which one are we going to do? Hey, everybody, we are doing amputation tonight and these are our content questions. You made it to the live. Man, on a regular Wednesday, over 1,100 nurses showed up and showed out. A lot of you are picking number one and the correct answer is going to be Number one, allow client to express feelings of bodily transition. Losing a part of the body induces a lot of change, allowing clients to express concerns or thoughts about the change will help the client look forward and seek out additional coping mechanisms. Oh my goodness, you guys, this was such a great topic. Again, if you don't have quick facts, Check it out because a lot of the content that you need is going to be in this book. And if you guys have half of my program already, all you need is the other half, which is the virtual trainer. This is the V2 workbook. This is my V2 program. And I want you guys to get in it. A lot of people think that this book has all of the content, but there are other topics that you need to know that are in the V2 two, all right, like your prioritization. Let me show you guys. Going inside of the V2, we got pregnancy, normal and high-risk newborn, infant heart defects, orthopedics, yep, substance abuse, IV fluids. These are the rest of the classes that I teach. So if you love tonight's class, make sure that you check out the rest of my subject matter to help you get that nursing license. You can do my program in about four weeks. Let me upgrade you to the full experience of Remar. All right. I have so many people that are right now in this session who will get their nursing license because they're actively studying with me. I've been doing this for a long time. I know how to cut that studying time in half. So before you leave, I just want to take just a few questions. If you have questions about NCLEX, if you have questions about V2, Quick Facts, the study calendar, Let's hear them. Yes. So people are asking, is the V2 for RN or PN? Let me tell you, every one of these topics that are covered in the V2, you need to know them whether you're an RN or a PN. Okay. So there is a separate program for the RN and for the PN, and it is in the question bank section as well. So there's a different one. The V2 is an all-in-one program. So it has your lectures that I'm giving you. It has your workbook, has your quick facts, and it also has your question bank, all right? If you're, if you're following my study calendar, I love this question right here. How many hours a day do you recommend us studying? You're gonna be so happy to know that if you follow my study calendar, you do not have to study more than three hours a day, okay? Robert says I got four out of five. If you follow my study calendar, and let me just show you how to get the study calendar. If you guys, um, if you guys have the program, you know that it's in the file vault. Okay, so if you go to the file vault, you will see daily study calendar. Just click on this blue button right here, and it's going to pull up your daily study calendar. Let me allow it to pop up, and we're going to open this file. Where's my file? Though? We're going to open this file up. Let me see here. There it is. And the daily study calendar is going to pop up. You'll be able to print this right off. But every day you are going to see 
exactly what content you are going to be studying. Remember, content before questions. So you have your plan. And I find, honestly, once you have a plan of what to watch, what to read, what to answer, you guys are able to take off. You're able to really take off and make light work of the content. Content is the biggest part of the process to me, okay? Listen, if you are a repeat test taker, this is the program, okay? This is the program. If you're a repeat test taker, this is going to help you get back on track, get back on track. So what else, what else do we have? You have the study calendar, um, yes. So let me show you where to get, some people are saying, how do I get the workbook as well? If you need the workbook, because remember when you're taking lectures, part of the way that you're engaging into the material is by actively writing down the things that I say. And that is available for you guys as well. Let me go back into the V2 right here. If you go to your file vault one more time, go to course resources right over here, and you are going to see your student workbook. This is the meat and potatoes. All right, student workbook. We're going to click this blue, okay? We're gonna click this blue box and it is going to download, just like the study calendar did right here, the workbook. This workbook is printable for you, okay? This work is printable for you. And that means that when you are ready to start, you can get that workbook, go ahead and print it out. You'll see the study calendar in there, but also you will see, hey, this is where I'm filling out my notes. And you guys can see the subjects that I go over. It's all there, no excuses. You have everything you need, okay? Everything you need here. Love this. I'm a repeat test taker and I'm scheduled for my boards in a few weeks. I also completed your program. What would you recommend me do for the next few weeks? Perfect. I would recommend you do the, go into the V2, okay? You're gonna go into the V2. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to the question bank. And in the question bank, let me go here. In the question bank, you are able to create exams. All right, you can create all of your exams and even your old ones that you created are down here. It's very simple for you to do. Let me just, I'm just gonna pull up one that I created um, a while ago so you guys can see it. I want you to get into the question bank and do your case studies because this is where you're gonna get all of your practice reading. Reading comprehension is going to be one of the big things that you need to take hold of. So get in here and do your case studies, okay? And you'll be able to do all of the next-gen types. They're going to be extremely helpful for you to do, okay? Also, there's two CAT exams in the V2 too. So you have plenty to do. There's over 2,000 questions in my question bank. Go in there, do all of the next-gen questions. Easy, moderate, hard, okay? I also do, I'm doing, somebody say, say it louder. I do classes every Monday and every Wednesday night. So when I come on here and I'm doing classes, I'm doing things from the program. So I'm doing things from this book or I'm doing things from this book just to make sure that you guys have, um, have you know, your motivation to stay on track. Now, somebody asked, if we get V2, will we get the physical workbook? No. 
So let me show you. When you get V2, you're going to get the downloadable one, which is the one that I showed you. All right. So everybody who gets V2, this comes included with it. Okay. So this workbook right here is the one I'm holding. These pages come included. If you want the physical workbook and you go to my website, remarnurse.com. Okay. That's my website where you get V2. You can add this book on. You guys want me to show you how to order V2 and get this? Okay. Let me know if you want me to show you. Yes, you have to order that separately. How many case studies are expected in the next generation NCLEX? So on your actual exam, you can have up to six. Now, this is where I think some nursing students get confused is because you can still have a lot of reading on your standalone questions. So you can have a presentation like this, even when it's not a case study, okay? Even when it's not a case study. So the case studies in the V2 help you to, what they do is they help you to get that reading acumen back up. All right. Uh, Nurse Elizabeth says, Regina, I passed my NCLEX on September 11th. We have a lot of September 11th testimonials tonight. I'm a Remar nurse. Thank you for everything. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Somebody says, please show us how to order the V2. Okay. So let me, um, what I need to do is I need to open up an incognito tab because I am, let me open up a new private window tab. Okay. So I'm going to go to private viewer. These are the directions on how to order V2. What I'm going to show you is how to order the V2 how to add on the workbook and also how to delay your start date because you can order V2 tonight and you don't have to start it right away. You can start it, you know, in a week or two weeks or 90 days away. So let me show you how to do that. All right. I'm going to ch change over to the screen. So what you do is you're going to go to my website, Remar Nurse, only spell it right, RemarNurse.com. Okay. When you go to the website, you're gonna see my face, okay? You're gonna see my face. You're going to pick, very important, pick whether you are an RN or a PN. Which one will you be? Are you gonna be an RN or are you gonna be a PN? Okay, let's just put registered nurse, okay? When you click registered nurse, you're gonna see this green button right here that's gonna say join V2. Now, there are two access times, okay? 30 days or 90 days, you get the same information whether you do 30 days or 90 days. You're going to get the book. You're going to get the um, quick facts. You're going to get the question bank, all of my lecture videos. The only difference is the time, okay? The time and the price. So let's say you want to do the 30-day access. You can get through the program in four weeks, right? So Let's go here. You're going to do the buy now if you want to get started. Because like I said, you can buy it now and postpone it for whatever. On the left side of the screen, this is where you're going to put all your information. So I would put my name, Regina Callion, my email, password. Is 30 days enough? It's up to you. You guys know how you are going to be preparing. The calendar is written for four weeks. So yes, the calendar, if you follow my study calendar, you only are doing 20 study sessions, okay? 20 study sessions. So that is more than enough, I think, time 
the 30 days. But if you want to take it slower, you want to do the program more than once, you want to spend more time in your questions, get the 90. Okay. But I clicked on the 30. So it's going to show you what you're getting here. So your order summary is going to be here. You're going to get access to the V2, the RN V2 for 30 days. And then you're going to get your quick facts book. Remember, the downloadable workbook is already included. So that's going to be the downloadable workbook is already included in the $69 price. Okay. And then you're going to get your quick facts book. This one right here. This, if you have these two books and my lectures and my question bank, that's everything that you need. Okay. You don't have to pair it with anything. You will have all aspects taken care of. So what I'm going to show you now is how to add this book right here. You might, and the difference is maybe you don't have a printer at home. Maybe you don't have a printer or you don't want to go to FedEx Kinko's and print it out. It's probably going to cost you about the same amount of time. So this one, and I, even if you brought the quick facts, I'm going to show you how to get the program, even if you already have quick facts. So people ask me, do I really need this one? Should I just stick with this one? It's really up to you. If you have a printer at home, you don't mind printing it off, you're going to get this one included. If you don't want the hassle of a printer, you can just add this one on, okay? And I'll print it for you and I'll send it to you with the quick facts book. <laughs> That's it, I printed it at work. Okay, um, so if you want to add this blue book, you just click right here, it's $35. You just click it right here, okay? Bam. And I'll print it and bind it for you, all right? Now, if you don't want, you guys see it's $35. So if you don't want it, you just want to rock with the printable one, Bam, you could just take it off, okay? You could just take it off. And this is how you do that. Now, some of you already have, ah, there it is. Some of you already have this book and you're like, I don't need this book. I already, I just need the V2 and the workbook. Let me show you what to do. You just put quick facts in the trash can and the price of the V2 goes down, all right? To $69. So, Literally, no excuses, all right? Because for $69, if you already have the QuickFox book, you're getting the QBank and all my lectures. So now let me show you, but if you need the QuickFox book, if you don't have QuickFox, get QuickFox, you need that. Down here, if you want to delay your start date, you click this blue calendar right here. Somebody says, no, get the QuickFox, right? Um, and when you click the calendar, Okay, it will open up to when you want to start. All right, if you want to start Thanksgiving Day, you can click that. I don't suggest it at all. All right, can you go past? Um, so you can go all the way out until December the 13th if you want to get started. Or if you just want, hey, I just want to get started, you know, next week. And this is how you do it. And it's very important that you do it when you sign up, you delay your start date, even if you're not sure, because you can always go back in and change your start date. But if you don't delay your start date, then I can't delay it for you once you activate it. Does that make sense? So it's very important that you do that now. And it will tell you when your subscription starts. Yes, after your 30 days. So when you get in V2, after your 30 days is up, 
it goes into subscription mode automatically. So it will continue to give you access for the V2 for $50 per month if you don't cancel it. But you can go right in once you buy it and you can cancel the auto renewals. All right, but if you don't, it will charge you for being in the system after that. Um, it won't. So it's not going to, it won't start you until you tell it to start you. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay, what if we want the V2 hard copy? Do you mean, Patty, if you already have the program and you want to add the book, let me know. All right. So this program is for anybody that is testing. Literally, if you have a if you have a test date in October, November, you can do my entire program and be ready for that. All right. So this is how you order. Now, what other questions do you have before I click off of here? Because once I click off of here, I'm going to be done. Um, I renewed my subscription. Where can I find the CAD exams? I'll show, okay, let me show you how to find the CAD exams. Anything, oh, let me show you guys how to get just the book. If you already have the V2, but you want the book. All right, and then I'll also show you people are like, how do I get it and then cancel it? Okay, okay, thank you so much. All right, let me go back to remarnurse.com and let me show you how to get the workbook if you just want the workbook. Let me go to remarnurse.com and it's gonna take me back to the beginning. What I want you to do is if you go to the website and you need to pick RN or PN, okay? Say you're a practical nurse, just pick practical nurse, it's the same. What you're gonna do to find just that workbook, you are going to scroll down until you see it. The books are gonna come up right there, okay? So it's gonna say student workbooks. So you can just get the student workbook here. Does that make sense? Does everybody see that? All right. Now, what time, let me see. What time is Winning Wednesday? Winning Wednesday is always at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. What about a September date? If you have an NCLEX test date in September, what I would do, honestly, if you know you're not ready and you know you need to study the content more, I would literally just change my date. Give yourself another week or two to do V2 and then go in there prepared. But what I don't want you to do is feel so much pressure by that test date that you go in there knowing that you could have did more. Try to do everything you can do before you take that test because it's so expensive to, to get that test date, right? You have to pay $200, you know, you got to take off work, you got to probably pay more state fees. And so I really want nursing students to invest on the front end, because if you just go take that test and you get in there and you're like, man, I should have did more, then you got to pay another $200 to take it again, another 45 days waiting period. And so it literally costs more money to fail than it does to prepare. Okay, what else? Um, how much is first shift? First shift, let me see. First shift is my book for dominating your nursing career. Uh, after you pass the NCLEX, it's $20 plus shipping. Yeah, exactly. It's $450. It's $450 in Canada for sure. So I'm telling you on the front end, it's it's better. Okay. You want to pay 
$450 or $89? Which one? So it's V2, Quick Facts, The Question Bank, and Her Lives. That's it. That's all. You guys can do that. $250 in California? <sighs> Man. Those that took the test, can't tell, can't tell that. Thanks. Okay. Okay. So that's it. Let me go in. Um, let me go back into the V2 because you guys had questions about inside of V2. So the first question that I want to address is where do I find my CAT exams? Your CAT exams are going to be in the question bank. So if you go over to the control panel of V2, the first uh, icon is where you find the lectures. The second is where you find the question bank. So you click on here where it says question bank. Now, when you click on question bank, you go to create a test. If you want to create a test or a CAD exam, go to this blue button here, click on it, and it's going to load up, pow. And here's where your CAD exams are. It'll be your test mode. So either a tutor test, a test test, or a computer adaptive test, okay? So this is where you find it. If you are doing a computer or a test, you get to choose your subjects. Well, you always have to name your exam. So let me name it again. Okay, I'm just gonna name it Win, winning. All right, so um, if you do a tutor or a test, then you can choose the subjects that you wanna do down here. And V2 has a number of different subjects and the difficulty level is easy, moderate, or hard, okay? And you can choose whether you want easy, moderate, or hard, and you will see how many questions are in each of that each of those divisions. But if you do a computer adaptive test, then you won't get to choose the subjects. This is very important. If you're following the study calendar, I don't suggest you do the computer adaptive tests until you've gone through those lectures, okay? Make sure you do that. And know that when you start my computer adaptive test, it is going to behave just like the NCLEX, meaning that it is a five-hour exam. It's a five-hour exam, and you're not going to be able to skip. You're not going to be able to um, omit. You're not going to be able to pause this and come back the next day. No, the idea is that it prepares you for the actual NCLEX exam. If we only do moderate questions, will we miss out on the hard questions? Yeah, well, if you only choose moderate questions, um, let me do take it off the computer. If you only choose moderate questions, it's only gonna give you moderate questions. If you want hard questions, then you, you can pick just hard questions or you can pick all. We now have the all feature. And I don't know if you guys noticed that <laughs> Amber says, your test is harder than the NCLEX. <laughs> um, but we we have a lot of new features in the V2. And so this is uh, the opportunity for you to do that. How do we just get the lectures? So the program is an all-in-one program, okay? The program is an all-in-one program. So your lectures are gonna be here. But when you purchase the V2 system, when you purchase the V2 system, it's giving you everything that you need. It's giving you everything that you need. So most people, yes, very expensive. 
is very expensive to retest. That's why I want you guys to do everything that you need to do. Most people miss out on the lectures. This is where they're looking for their help. And my lectures are for audiovisual learners. If you're an audiovisual learner, this is the program for you. Okay? And the lectures are not long, they're not boring. You guys know my style. It is to help you get from point A to point B. Okay? Rodora, if you want if you want a specific tracking number, please just email me, okay? Support at remarreview.com, support at remarreview.com. And I, I would love to help you. Yes, over 2,000 in the question bank. So you guys can be busy. I want you to focus on getting the content. Again, following that study calendar, you guys saw it. If you follow the study calendar, it is gonna tell you what to do every single session. You never have to guess what content you go over. You guys have any questions about the content that you will be learning? You're gonna do quick facts and you're gonna do the lecture videos all together. I do it all, right? A lot of you are my students, you're using V2, you're coming to the study session and you're noticing the change in how you feel. You're noticing the change in your knowledge. All right, and so again, what I'll say to you is this, if you are studying with a review system, you should be in that one review system. A lot of nursing students, they have parts of a review system. So they may just have the questions, right? Or they may just have a lot of books, but literally when you try to piece together multiple study resources, what happens is you don't get the results that you need, right? You're, you're, you're spending more money, you're wasting more time, and you are not getting the complete picture because you're putting things together, okay? The schedule is in the V2 book. All right. And so I just would recommend, honestly, if you have more than one resource, you stick to just one, please. And that's the reason for the V2 having everything you need, because you can find one NCLEX review says this, another one says this, another one says that, and then, okay, you're all over the place. Do you recommend us to complete the whole QBank before we take NCLEX? No, I don't. I don't know. No, no. Again, the questions are, this is my, this is what I say about NCLEX questions. NCLEX questions are like a mirror. Remember we talked about this. When you look in the mirror, the mirror can tell you you have a smudge. The mirror can tell you your hair is not combed, but the mirror cannot fix you up, right? It can only show you where you're at in that moment. And that's the problem with questions is they only show you where you are. They don't teach you anything. And so um, you don't have to do all of those questions. Honestly, if you prioritize the lectures and you prioritize this content, this is what fix you up. Mm -hmm. Yes, all right. Um, oh, let me show you guys. You guys wanted to know where to cancel your subscription. Let me show you. So when you get in V2, this is the study calendar. Make sure you print this out. When you get in V2 and you go to settings and you click on settings, you can go to payments and billings or you can go to my accounts. All right. So that is where you can do. I think you can do it honestly in both places. 
either one, but definitely payments and billings is going to be there too. All right. I just, I don't want to do it because I, it'll show my, um, it'll show all of my billing information and I don't want it to do that. All right. So that is it guys. Now, you know what content I'm, I'm hoping, you know, what content feels like, what it looks like. And you can see that it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be difficult when it comes to preparing for NCLEX. You can do it in a way that is straight to the point, simplified, and it helps you get your license faster. You know, we still have a few months left in 2023. Most of you guys can get your license before the new year. How would that be amazing? It would be so amazing if you can get your nursing license. Just do what you have to do. We have people come on here all the time who now have their nursing license and they did it in four weeks. I mean, I have some people probably watching. How long did it take you? You know, how long did it take you to finish V2? You know, and, and so when you enjoy studying, when you feel like you're making progress, then you get it done quicker. And that's a quicker way to your nursing license. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mark and I, we're, we, we definitely are. We're, con we're constantly praying for you guys. And we honestly, we just want you to um, take control of your process. Take control. Do what you need to do. I'm only using V2 and quick facts. I feel very confident, especially with God's word. Remar helped me be closer to God. Do we have a Bible verse for today? And I think Mark put here Leviticus 23. I guess the whole chapter. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I'm gonna get off here, guys. We've been studying, going hard for over an hour. I just wanna thank you so much for joining our class today on amputations. It was a great class. It was a great class. We had a lot of fun. So many nurses came. Hey, if you liked studying our class today, take it to the next level. Catch me in the V2. That's where I'll be. All right. You can get your nursing license in four weeks or less. All right. Just $89. That has the best NCLEX content and your next gen question bank everything that you need to succeed. And remember, if nobody told you this, guess what? You can, you will, you will, you will do it. I believe in you. You can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. Later, guys. Winning Wednesday has been served. We did a good job tonight. All right. <laughs>